In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. So Christ today is sending out the 70 apostles, and he's preparing them. Right? He gives them a motivational speech before they go out. And if you really look at what he tells them, if you think about this motivational speech, I don't think this would come anywhere close to your top 10 list of the most uh, beneficial or motivating speeches you'd like to hear. So if you notice, he says, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. So he's telling them the work's going to be excessive. Okay, so be prepared to be overloaded, right? And then he tells them, carry neither money bag, knapsack, or sandals. Right, so go out with little to nothing, okay? You'll have no resources, okay? He says, greet no one along the road, right? So there's going to be no time for happy hour. There's going to be no social activities. You're just set on a certain mission. And then he says, whatever city you enter and they don't receive you, go out into its streets and say the very dust of your city which clings to us we wipe off against you. So in that he's telling them, expect rejection. Okay, people are going to reject you. So of course he empowers them, he tells them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick, to cast out demons. So he empowers them in that sense. But the whole theme of this motivational speech is not the most encouraging speech you'd like to hear. He even goes so far as to say, Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Go your way, behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. What does that mean? To say, I send you out as lambs among wolves. At best, it means that you'll be helpless. You'll be powerless. You'll be vulnerable. And at worst, it means you'll be devoured by wolves. Right? So, it's not the most comforting message. But this is precisely how he sends them out. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. So that's what they should expect. At best, to just be powerless and helpless. And at worst, to be devoured by wolves. So is he saying this allegorically, just like a symbol? Is he going to mysteriously protect the sheep as a shepherd protects the sheep? In one sense, he will protect us. He will pr protect his sheep and his children. And this is precisely what St. Cyril says in commenting on this gospel passage whose commemoration we celebrate today. But in another sense, he sends them out to expect persecution. He sends them out to expect their own sacrifice, to expect to, to suffer, to expect to be persecuted. In Matthew 10, 22, he says, And you'll be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in this city, flee to another. So he's not saying if they persecute you. When they persecute you. It's a fact. He's sending them out as lambs among wolves. Expect to be devoured by the wolves. Now, of course, there's victory and joy. And this is actually how they return back. They're celebrating. Right? They say, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. But that was just the beginning. If you look at the journey of all the disciples and the apostles, how did it all end? It ended in their suffering, persecution, and their own martyrdom. Every single disciple was martyred, with the exception of John, and he was exiled to Patmos just 
to sit alone in an island, which is maybe even worse. But so, every single disciple suffered and died for Christ. Every single disciple was sent out as a lamb among wolves. So why would God do that? Why would He send out His disciples, His children, as lambs among wolves? Why would He send us out to our own death? Because that's precisely how ministry becomes effective. This is exactly how ministry accomplishes its purpose to change others, to help others, to benefit others. To be sent out as lambs among wolves is to change the world. This is the greatest type of ministry. To be devoured among wolves is the greatest service. In Romans 12, verse 1, St. Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Or in another translation, your rational worship. This is your service, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, to be sent out as lambs among wolves, to be devoured, to sacrifice your body. This is exactly how God ministered to us. This is the life of Christ in a nutshell. The mission of Christ was to lay his life down as a lamb, to be the slain lamb. This is how he served us. This is how he saved us. He said, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. What is this lifting up? It's the cross. When I am crucified, when I am slain as the lamb, I will draw all men to myself. I will accomplish the objective of service. That's to bring everyone to enjoy this relationship with God. I will draw all men to myself when I become the slain lamb. And so the crucifixion is the ultimate act of service and evangelism. To be a slain lamb is the pinnacle of service. Our service culminates in laying our life down for others. And that's precisely why he says, I send you out as lambs among wolves. This is how we reflect Christ. If we want to reflect Christ, if we want to serve like Christ, we are to be a slain lamb. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 6 to 9, John is talking about this vision. He says, I looked and behold in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seal. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. John saw the slain lamb as the victor, the one who redeemed us by his blood. And so if God didn't save the world in any way except by shedding his blood for us, except by becoming this slain lamb, how do we expect to serve 
in a different way. If this is what Christ modeled, how can we expect to serve in a different way? So it's by going out into the world as lambs to be slain that we save the world, that we evangelize, that we minister. So how do we really do that? What does it mean to go out as a slain lamb? What does it mean to go out as lambs among wolves? Well, think about it this way. What rights does a lamb have among wolves? Does a lamb feel entitled? Does a lamb feel privileged? Of course not. The lamb's at the mercy of the wolves. And so he becomes totally vulnerable. He lays his life down. He's helpless. He's powerless. So it means to be totally passive, to go out into the world with complete submission. Right? And that means to surrender our control. To rely on God. To confide in Him. Right? Not to fight for our rights. Not to go out with this sense of entitlement. But to go out as lambs among wolves. To expect that the wolves will devour us. That we may lose our rights. That others may trample on us. That we will have to walk this path of humility. That word humility in Latin is humus. Which means dirt, the ground. For others to trample upon us. That's what it means to walk this path of humility. St. Ignatius modeled this when he ministered to his people, to his flock. When it came to really serve his people, he was called to offer his life as a sacrifice. And his whole flock was trying to hold him back. You're our shepherd, we want you to stay with us and to guide us and to comfort us. And so on his way to his martyrdom in Rome, as they were trying to hold him back and prevent him from going out to laying his life down, this is what he says. Allow me to become food for the wild beasts. Then shall I be a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Permit me to imitate the example of the passion of my God. So, for St. Ignatius of Antioch and for all of the disciples, their service was all about sacrifice. Their intentions were to lay their life down as a lamb. Of course, that requires wisdom. I'm not saying to just go out foolishly. Right? Christ says that we must be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. And when you read this passage in St. Matthew, this is how Matthew records it. Right? So there is wisdom here. I'm not saying to do this foolishly. But all of the saints walked this path of sacrifice. All of the disciples offered their life as a living sacrifice. Their intention was to lay their life down. There's nothing wise about just trying to protect yourself all the time. Right? What if the disciples had this sense of entitlement and said, okay, I need to protect myself, I need to stand up for myself. Whenever the emperor says this, I'm going to say that. They didn't live that way. There's a beautiful story in 
the cynic Syrian, on the eighth day of Paramahat, we celebrate the martyrdom of St. Arianus. And he was a pagan governor. Okay, and just before his martyrdom, the day prior to that, we celebrated the martyrdom of St. Philemon and Apollonius. Okay? And their stories are connected. How was St. Arianus martyred? Well, prior to his own martyrdom on the seventh day of Paramahat, when St. Philemon and Apollonius were martyred, he killed both of them by shooting them with arrows. Okay, and he killed Philemon first, and then when it came to Apollonius, when he shot the arrow at him, it ricocheted back and struck him in the eye. And so he was blind in one of his eyes. One of the people that were around one of the believers told him if he takes blood from the blood that was shed from one of the martyrs and smears it on his eye that he will be healed. And so he said, all right, I have nothing to lose. So he took the blood that was spilt from St. Apollonius smeared it on his eye, and he regained his sight. And immediately he believed in Christ. He went to Emperor Diocletian and confessed his faith. How do you think that went for him? (laughs) How do you think that turned out? So he threw him in a pit and left him there to die. Angel Lord came and rescued him, brought him right back to who? Emperor Diocletian. Confessed his faith again. And then Emperor Diocletian said, that's enough. Put him in a sack and threw him into the sea. And there he offered his life as a martyr. So what evangelized to St. Arianus? What is it that changed him? It was a slain lamb. It was St. Apollonius laying there dead. But it was his shed blood that converted him. When we walk this path, when we sacrifice, when we allow the world to trample on us, when we love and serve in humility, despite what the world tells you, we will change everyone around us. We will change the whole world. Going out into the world as lambs among wolves means we evangelize by our love and sacrifice. There's another beautiful hidden quality about a lamb. And that's because a lamb covers others. When Adam named the animals, he went to the lamb and he called the lamb Talitha. And that literally means he who covers me. Now, he may not have known the extent of what that actually meant, but there's a meaning behind every name. Right? And in this case, it was prophetic. Adam may not have known, but there's a distinct quality about this animal. It's this animal that will eventually cover others. And that's why he called the lamb, he who covers me, Talitha. And so, what is it about the lamb that covers us? This is what Christ did for us on the cross. And he prophesied how he would cover us when Adam and Eve fell into sin 
they recognize their shame and their nakedness. They try to cover themselves with this nonsense, just trying to put some fig leaves on their bodies. And Christ said, that's not going to work. I have something better to cover you. And in Genesis 3.21, For Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin, and he closed them. Where did the skin come from? It was from a slain lamb. At that moment, the slain lamb that, were, that would foreshadow the true lamb, the lamb of God, Christ himself, who would cover us as he's crucified on the cross naked. And so by assuming our humiliation, he covered us by identifying with us. He covered us by ascending upon the cross naked to cover us with the cloak of His righteousness, as we pray in the fraction of the only begotten Son. And so this is a distinct quality about a lamb. And so when Christ says, I send you out as lambs among wolves, what does that mean? I send you out to cover others. Just as I, the true lamb of God, the one who was slain for the world, covered all of humanity. I covered the shame and the nakedness of humanity. And so you are to go out to love and to cover. If you are to be a lamb, it is to cover others. And if you're not covering the sins of others, you have no identification with God as the slain lamb. Ava Makarios modeled this. And in the sayings of the Desert Fathers, they said of Abba Makarios the Great that he became, as it is written, a God upon the earth. Because just as God covers the world, so Abba Makarios would cover the faults which he saw, as though he didn't see them, and those which he heard as though he didn't hear them. And so covering the sins of others makes us like a God upon the earth. We identify with the divine work of God. Now, this obviously extends beyond just ignoring the faults of others. It extends beyond just overlooking the sins that cross our way. Covering others as lambs among wolves means suffering and laying our life down for others. If we're to be lambs among wolves, we're to imitate Christ on the cross. We're to be crucified for others and with others. To carry their burdens no matter the cost. And to identify with their shame and nakedness. If you remember in the sayings of the fathers, there's a story about the two monks that went out into the market. And they went on this mission to purchase some groceries. And after they went out, they split up to go grab what they needed. And a few hours later, they reconvened. And then one of the monks says to his brother, my brother, I fell into a terrible sin. There's no way I can go back to the monastery. I'm hopeless. I did this and this and this while I was out here in the world, and I can't go back to the monastery. Now, as soon as this other brother heard this, guess what he said? 
He responded and said, Wait, is that what happened to you too? I also fell into the same sin. Don't worry, my brother, we'll go back together and we'll repent and pray and take the discipline from our elder to restore our life. Even though this other brother was totally fine. He didn't do what his brother did. But when he heard that his brother fell, he covered his shame, not by just ignoring it, not by saying, hey, that's no big deal. But he said, hey, I will walk with you. We're a family. When you fall, I fall. When you rise, I rise. And so he endured that humiliation with his brother. He went back to the monastery on the same path that his other brother was walking. And that's what it means to walk with each other. That's what it means to serve. That's what it means to love. To be as slain lambs. And if we are to take this passage seriously today, for every single Christian that now we're partaking of the Eucharist, and God will send us out into the world after this liturgy. The liturgy continues. The liturgy doesn't just end when I say, go in peace, the peace of the Lord be with you. There's a second liturgy that continues out into the world, and God is sending us out into the world as lambs among wolves. To love, to sacrifice, to shed our blood, and to cover the sins of others. May God give us the grace to serve Him with purity and righteousness. Unto Him is due all glory forever. Amen.